Welcome to the Sonic Nuance Electronics Podcast, focusing on topics of interest to worship teams as well as anyone involved with musical recording and performance. Today's interview is with Devin Henning, worship leader and solo artist in Oahu, Hawaii. How you doing, Devin? Doing good. It's uh, nothing, nothing bad could happen as soon <laughs> as you wake up, so... So far, so good. Doing well. Why don't you tell everybody uh, about your position? You're a worship leader in a church in Oahu. Yeah. So uh, I came out here. Um, let's see. I, I guess I, I I grew up in the church, kind of. So doing all sorts of different music stuff. And I actually did an internship in Florida. And the buddy that I was working with back in Florida, he came on vacation to the North Shore to do some surfing and see some of his friends and stopped in this church, Sunset Beach Christian, while he was on vacation. And uh, yeah, he met the pastor. The pastor was looking for somebody to do a worship internship. And so Ethan couldn't take it, my buddy, and he gave me a call. I had just gotten out of the water in Florida during a hurricane, freezing cold, five mil <laughs> wetsuit on. And uh, I picked up the phone just like shaking cold in my car. And I was like, what's up, man? He said, do you want to work in Hawaii? I was like, uh, yes, <laughs> hands down, yes. <laughs> so I kind of, I dropped everything, had a couple jobs going in Florida, but it was the perfect time, just finished uh, my general education in college. And I was like, all right, let's do this internship. So I showed up and not exactly a normal internship, but I was the only guy that did anything musical at the whole church. So just stepped into the whole role, kind of learn as you go sort of internship, I suppose. And after three months, they hired me. So I've been here for two and a half years now. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your responsibilities? It sounds like you have a lot of things to do over there. Yeah, uh, so I lead worship on Tuesday nights. It's the first day of the week with the youth group. And then I lead on Wednesday night for like a midweek church service. We have a rehearsal for Sunday on Thursday nights, so um, that's nights taken. And then Sunday morning and Sunday evening, I lead another set. Um, It's not like exactly your normal church it's a smaller church and it's in hawaii so there's a lot of time spent landscaping and mowing lawns and trimming overgrown bushes and <laughs> do it you know redoing the baseboards on falling apart houses and things like that but uh it's awesome you never know yesterday i ended up changing the the oil on some really funky japanese car for this this older woman in our church it's it's exciting, you know, it's it's not the typical worship leader role for sure, but you never know what you're going to get in, on a given day, and I like that. Can you tell me about the uh, Thursday night uh, rehearsals? How do you run those? What are those like? Yeah, uh, so on Thursday at 7 o'clock, I get home from work, set up the stage, and uh, then whoever's in the band that week, Usually, sometimes I don't even do a rehearsal if it's people that play all the time, but 
for some of the people that need the music help and stuff, I'll print out chord charts and we'll get them. Or if it's someone brand new and maybe I'm not sure how comfortable they are with a microphone, we'll plug them in and, and turn them up and kind of just try and kill any fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll, I'll try and get through the music stuff pretty quick with them. And I figure the best way to to practice worship is just by worshiping. So. <laughs> So we'll plug in and just worship the Lord. And sometimes we don't even play the set that we're going to play on Sunday. We'll just worship together. And I feel like if you build that trust with the band you're going to play with, it's going to come out way better on the on the Sunday. So that's kind of the strategy I take. I try to keep it fun and, and focus on the relationship even more than the, the music. Because it's usually a simple setup, keys, acoustic guitar, maybe a, a box drum or a cajon. It's not like we have four services to crank out with a high in-ear production and, and you know, the whole the whole shebang down to every single note. I see. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of freedom in our services here, so it's good. I kind of try and adapt people to that culture during the rehearsals more so than even um, memorizing every single part of every single song, but just teaching them the culture of freedom, teaching them the, the style of how we can, how we're blessed to worship here. Cause I think it's a big blessing. I came from a mega church that did all that, that style, um, down to every single note and, and coming here was a, whoa, shock changer for me. But yeah, that's kind of what we do on Thursdays is we just worship together and build the family. During the rehearsals, do you have chord charts or do you have recordings that you have people listen to? or How does that go? Yeah, so I, I try to stay like two weeks out in advance, even though we're not super structured. So I'll, I'll email out the sets and the chord charts and give them some time to practice and listen to the songs on their own. So they usually come pretty prepared as is. And then um, I'll just walk them through kind of the dynamics and the different, like, obviously, okay, we don't have three synthesizers, so how are we going to do this song? And it's going to come out a little different. So we kind of work through those details and and get the song the best that we can with what we got. I see. That makes sense. Uh, so it sounds like you have a lot of artistic license because, uh, first of all, you have a stripped-down uh, band, so you have to do a lot of uh, arranging, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, for for most people it would be they'd listen to the set and and try and replicate it exactly. You know, how do I play this lead line? For me, it's what can this sound like acoustically? What <laughs> what are we capable? What would transfer well? Because a lot of times you can steal certain parts. Like I'll steal bass lines, I'll steal synth lines from from the big recordings and just transfer them to guitar. And a lot of times it goes really well, kind of adds like more of a percussive element or stylistic, but yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I wanted to ask you about some percussive stuff I saw you doing uh, when I saw you uh, at church. Uh, I should say that we met each other. uh, uh, I met you at your church when I was on vacation. My family and I, we had a great time at SBCC. Is that what you guys call it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little church. I recommend everybody, if you're in Oahu, to check it out. So on both the worship set that we saw and also some uh, recordings I saw you do, um, I, I 
really enjoy your voice, the tone and your phrasing. And I hear hints of some artists, um, but I'm curious what your influences are. Um, uh, what I hear in your voice uh, is a little bit of Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, and Jack Johnson. Who yeah. who are some of your influences? Yeah, Jack Johnson's one of them for sure. I grew up listening to him and loving him. It was hilarious. Actually, I was surfing gas chambers the other morning, and I was walking out on the beach, and I totally blew it, Ted. You, <laughs> you would have laughed. I, I was looking at him, I think... I think that's Jack Johnson. And I, 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 I go up to him and literally, you know, when you just meet someone you've looked up to your whole life and you just totally freeze up in the moment. like that. Yeah, that I've done that. The epitome of it. The conversation went something like, hi, I'm Devin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> that was it. How is the surf? Oh, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's supposed to be better later on. And then I walked away. It's like I couldn't think of oh yeah i'm releasing an album soon I, would you ever want to record i got some stuff we should jam no questions nothing, but, you know. well you're forgiven i mine was even worse i, I was blabbering like an idiot when i met a few oh, of there my... we go there we go i guess at least i treated him like a person but, uh... <laughs> um also on your playing um uh, your acoustic playing i really enjoyed um you do quite a bit of uh percussive type effects um i've even seen you play with the guitar on your lap doing kind of a almost a harp kind of sound and tapping on there yeah can you tell me uh who are some of your influences on uh the acoustic yeah i love um john butler's song oceans that was kind of something that made me think differently. Like, wow, this guy, he just performed a, a whole symphony on an acoustic guitar and totally had the surfer vibe. So I really looked up to him as well. Mm. But I got the, I think I got the lap style from, is it Ben Howard I saw do that maybe? Ben Howard was a big acoustic influence. His whole album only, is it only left? Every Kingdom. Ben Howard's album, Every Kingdom, I had to have listened to that thing at least 10 times through. Mm. So that's a, he's a big influence on me and he does a lot of like on that album, acoustic riffs are, are the theme of each song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that style. Yeah. It was almost out of a, a desperation of, I'm so used to having a full band behind me in Florida that when I came here, I'm like, what could slightly push me to the next level of, of passion what's going to spark people's interest what's going to captivate people <laughs> and so it's like literally every time i'm at a show or a gig and I, I flip the guitar sideways people just stop what they're doing and like pull out their phones and record or whatever and so i was like wow i didn't even think that song literally i went to record and i recorded the five songs that i was going to put on the album and that lap guitar style one wasn't one of them. And uh, <laughs> I got back, everyone, what the heck? Why didn't you record that song? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to go back to the studio and, and get that one down. But that one is called uh, uh, Broken Things. It's about marriages and how two broken people can come together. And 
it somehow spend their whole lives learning how to love better, love better. And yeah. Yeah. I saw you had a, a GoFundMe campaign for studio time. Was that part of that session? Yeah, that was just a, it was literally a blessing exactly a year ago on my birthday. Um, Larry was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, ah, just hang out with you guys, be with the family. And he's like, no, really, what do you want? I was like, well, I don't see how it'd be giftable, but I'd love to get in the studio and record a bit. And he goes, all right, done. He started a GoFundMe, and literally within like a couple hours, we'd raised the 1700 Wow. Or, or he'd asked for 1500 and he got 1700 in a couple of hours. It's like, wow, that's, that's awesome. So when I was on vacation, I uh, met up with some buddies that have already been through the whole experience and kind of helped me with some of those recordings. But yeah, no, it was, it was incredible. It was straight from the Lord for sure. Now, the, those recordings, is, is that a release that's out yet, or is that coming out? All right. Well, well don't tell anybody. One of them is, is out. <laughs> on our t- <laughs> it's funny. I was like, I wasn't really quite sure how long the process was going to take, and I wanted to get a feel for it. And literally, it took me like a month almost to get through iTunes and everything to, to release the song. But the first song, Nothing in Love, is my single, and... And that's out now. I was going to wait till I make a music video to do a big launch promotion, but it's there. You can find it. And uh, I did listen to that. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't know um, what the story was behind that. So that that's great. To yeah. Hear. I think I was uh, reading Proverbs one morning and it says like, what good is the fattened calf if it's eaten with hatred or something like better to have nothing and much love basically somehow exactly what the song was about it's like that's so true how often have i had like a nice filet mignon and just everyone's angry with each other at dinner and you don't even enjoy the experience and then you go get mcdonald's with your buddies and everyone's loving each other and you know it's like a memory you'll never forget so that was kind of the theme of that one tell me your approach to songwriting if if you have a standard approach that you follow? Um, my, st- my standard approach is looking like a fool somewhere in public when I hear a melody in my head and I pull out my phone and hit record <laughs> and I'm just going <laughs> straight acapella to try and remember this thing. Uh, and then I'll, and then I'm like, I'll, I'll pull up that melody later and it's usually terrible and pitchy and not even in an exact key, but I'll try and sort it out on guitar. Or so, so sometimes I just hear a melody and sometimes I'll I'll pick up the guitar and just again out of desperation to try and hear something different or something I haven't done and kind of always keep that creative. I love the creative process. It's like I don't really know how to describe it other than feeling like you're you're drunk or on drugs or something. It's like when you're creating something it just feels so right. And you keep going and going, and hours later you realize what time it is. But that's a good description. I like that. Usually, it's picking up with an acoustic guitar and and just figuring out a riff. And then, like so, sometimes I'll come up with a riff so fancy that when I come up with a vocal melody, it's like I have to keep it so simple because literally my brain can't 
can't keep up with <laughs> too many things. But now, lyrics for uh, worship songs, I I feel are uh, on a whole different level from normal pop songs. Uh, oh, completely. Yeah. Can you describe your your approach to that, your process, uh, how you make sure the lyrics are biblically sound? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the worship songs that I've written, many of them have come out of just times of worship. Um, I have a, a small family group uh, with Samuel Garner and, and Rachel Morley. They're like my my two closest worship family members on the island. We'll drive across the island to get to their house, and sometimes we'll just worship till midnight, just the three of us in a room. And we tend to record those sessions it's all spontaneous. We say the only rule is you can't sing anything you've ever heard. And uh, we'll record those sessions. And so sometimes I'll get bits and pieces of what comes out of there. And sometimes it's just by myself. Sometimes it's reading the word and and finding out a new char- characteristic of, of the father. And just like I have to I have to release it in the way he made me to, and it just a song will come out. But yeah, at our church we we run everything through leadership. Then after that, so I'll I'll get the song down, I'll record it, I'll write the lyrics, and I'll send it to our pastors and let them check it and make sure it's biblically sound before I lead it. That's a good approach. I like that. Yeah, but also you know it's like worship songs. They're they're made to be sung by by little screaming kids and by the the oldest people that are squinting to read the words on the screen and everyone in between so i try to keep worship songs pretty pretty um melodically easy pretty simple congregational friendly you could say like i'll I'll spice up some of the chords it might not be the same four chords you always hear in, in most worship songs but i want people to sing it you know i want it to be to be easily reflectable and learnable. So, yeah. So it sounds like your uh, your focus is on making sure people can sing something uh, possibly memorable, but definitely uh, uh, faulting on the side of easier to sing rather than complex. Is is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. yeah. And I was I was even just talking about this with this girl who came into our church last night, but. She's like, a lot of Christian songs just have so many metaphors that I can't even understand what the song is talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, I agree. You know, it's, it's why don't we just, like, like, leave that for the secular world. But when we're singing to God, let's just sing to God like he's our daddy and tell him exactly what we're feeling, you know. Like, no need to hide it or cover it up or, or make it too pretty. Like, the Father looks at us and he wants to hear our heart, like, like he gets home from work and we crawl up on his lap and tell him about our day, you know. So I feel like most of my songs are, are pretty straightforward. Like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're you're this to me, you know. And Or or just songs of praise for exactly what he's done. Like, thank you for the cross. Thank you for, wow, look at these miracles. And, you know, just exact uh, points or, or characteristics of who he is so I try, I try not to hide things too much when i write worship music can you also tell me about the instruments you play obviously you play acoustic guitar um i've seen you play ukulele as well 
Yeah, I've been picking up the ukulele quite a bit. Um, working, I've been working down at the ukulele site four days a week. And that's a guys, great shop, yeah. by the way. If anybody, if you're in Oahu, check that out. That is, that is the coolest. Well, I've never been to a ukulele shop, but this is like walking into a museum of ukuleles. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's incredible, and and the guys I work with down there, super incredible, really talented too. Um, some world round world world renowned touring artists. Is that is that what you would say? But they they travel and guys wait. They you know you just you're around really talented people and they just rub off on you. It, it's happened a bit. I'm like, whoa, you can you can do that on a tiny little four string guitar sort instrument. But yeah, it's been super fun. So I play a bit of ukulele. Let's see. I remember there was one set in Florida where they taught me banjo like five minutes before we went on, and I played that. I play a piano, a little mandolin, anything with strings, bass. I've done. Um, what else do I play? Yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like I studied music theory in in college for a couple of years, and I feel like once you just kind of learn the system of music, you can pick up most instruments and and sort out some notes, or or at least get it as little grip of what what you want to come out to come out. I try and learn music rather than like a specific instrument, and then it usually transfers across the board. Tell me about your music education and how useful that's been. Uh, super handy, super handy. It's. I feel like once it clicks, it clicks. It's funny. I I was in high school band class or, or music theory class because I just wanted to learn more about it, and our teacher was absolutely horrible. It was just <laughs> he, he never taught a day of theory. We'd just show up, and it was kind of like our break period to just hang out or play music with our friends, but he never taught really anything. So come exam time, everybody failed the exam. Somehow, Lord willing, I got a C on it, which is passing. And um, that was enough to, to um, qualify for the college theory. So once I got in there, of course, I had no clue what I was doing, but I would stay up past midnight every night just studying the theory book and and really pressing into it. But he gave us these big old thick notebooks to take during the class. He's like, write small, you're probably going to need all the space you can get. There's so much about music. And I remember, I think it was like the first or second day, I wrote the circle of fifths on the front cover. Uh-huh. and a pen just like on the cardboard before I even touched the paper and that was the only thing I wrote in that whole notebook <laughs> was, the, <laughs> was the circle of fifths and I feel like once I could understand how all the notes work together and how all the keys work together the rest just kind of falls under that umbrella and it all clicked into place for me but yeah that's was, was good I, I tell people music's not that simple because I've taught a bit of guitar and ukulele or whatever uh-huh. people bring to me and it's really quite simple there's just 12 notes and <laughs> you can come up with your own system of organizing them but yeah and then if if you boil it down to like following the normal rules of music there's only you know seven notes <laughs> so people say how come you always play and you don't have like a music stand in front of you i said well 
there's only seven chords. I just guess. <laughs> you know, I, take take a guess. You got one for seven chance. You're bound to be right on the court. But and if not, it'll sound like jazz, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's how many mistakes can you make intentionally and find your way back to the right one? And then it's people praise you for sounding smarter, but really you're just a bad guesser. You know? <laughs> Can you talk to some of the worship teams out there or not necessarily the, the worship leads, but the, the, the volunteers uh, out there, what would you recommend they do if they're just starting out to want to play on a worship team? Uh, I'd recommend just go for it. That, that was the first step for me. I remember I was such an introvert, such a, like, if you, asked me what I was going to be in my life, I would never say the guy in the lights. I would never say the guy on stage. I, literally the first time that uh, my buddy Ethan asked me to play guitar, I was in, I think, middle or high school. And I got up on the stage, and my legs were so shaky. I couldn't even stand on the stage. I had to plug the guitar in and go sit in the audience and play from there. Because... <laughs> Because, like, I was that introverted and terrified of being in front of people. But if the Lord has called you to it, he's He's going to qualify you for it. And I believe that. And I've seen, like, leaps and bounds, even with my voice. I don't know what it is, man, but <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I thought I was a terrible singer. No, I didn't think. I'd, I know for a fact I was a terrible singer. I couldn't sing for my life. And I prayed. I was like, Lord, if I'm going to do this, I need a voice. And uh, so I said, please give me a voice that's going to lead the nations, that's going to bless people. And literally ever since I prayed that prayer, the compliments, it's funny. Even you mentioned it, I think, in the beginning of this interview. Yeah, yeah. It's the tone of your voice. And it's the tone, the sound, your voice, your voice this, your voice that. And it's it's the funniest thing to me. I just say praise God because that was something that I didn't have but that. I was like, he must give people a different set of ears when they listen to me. <laughs> no, that was the first thing my wife said to me when we were listening to the first song. She turns to me and she goes, I really like his voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's and I'm, I'm grateful that it's set up that way because it's people always wonder, what do you do when people give you compliments about worship? And it's like, how do you direct the glory to the Father? I'm like, well, for me, it's easy because I don't <laughs> whenever I hear that word voice and it's always the voice that's I know it's literally just such a gift straight from heaven. So it's easy to point that back towards him. But yeah, for anyone starting out, just go for it. You're, you're not ever going to be perfect and you're always going to learn a lot along the way. So I, I remember when I came here, it's like I'd hardly even sing. I just played electric guitar in the background, and I learned a lot from that season. And then it's this season. I don't really know what I'm doing, but, but you go for it. It's almost like a shotgun instead of a sniper. You just shoot in the general direction, <laughs> and then you can, you can start to refine it and define it as you go. But, um, yeah, no, pursue the calling, because if he calls you, it's not by mistake, so... Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the album that uh, is sounds like it's coming out very soon? Yeah, um, so I'm I'm just waiting on the the guy producing him. He's on tour right now, so he's kind of going at his own pace when he can get him. But I've got the first two mastered and and three more on the way. It's it's going to be called In Between Waters, 
Remember how I told you about Broken Things, the lap style guitar? Yes. was hilarious. I did a whole, like, my buddy did a free photo shoot for me, which was such a blessing. And we're like, yeah, it's going to be called Broken Things, the album. So let's kind of go out during the rain and shoot everything while I'm soaking wet and just make it look broken. And that was kind of the goal. But the night before I went to record, I'm sitting in my bed at midnight in my boxers, and I pick up the guitar just looking for a little more inspiration. I'm ready to be on vacation or whatever. And I come up with this melody. And I was like, whoa, what is, what is this? And my intern, Christoph, comes from it, running to my room. He's like, that's incredible. we got to finish this thing right now. <laughs> and so I'm working on it, working on it. And I kind of piece this song together. And it was one of those ones that was so fancy, I, I couldn't sing anything but in between waters. And it's literally like two notes is the main melody. <laughs> but um, it's uh, my buddy Reese had given me that idea as well, in between waters. Like um, in the beginning, God created uh, a vault. Or he created the heavens and the earth, blah, 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 read on. And then it says, and he created two waters and a vault between them. One was sky and one was like the sea that we have down here. And so I like this idea of we're just living in between these waters, the sky and the sea. And what are we going to do with our lives is like the main hook. I was like, that is, that's such a strong theme. And this song is literally so good. So the night before I changed everything, I changed the whole plan for the album. And instead of rolling with the broken themes idea, I made it in between waters. So all the pictures still worked out and stuff because it's all water themed. But in between waters is going to be a, the headliner of the album. And there's a couple of fun ones, dancey songs, and then super slow, chill songs, Jack johnson style. But some of them have a, a bit of a acoustic pop blend, which I'm excited to to throw out and see what people think about it too well when it's uh ready uh, i'll make sure to put a link to it on the on my website uh, where this blog is at and hopefully we can direct people to it yeah yeah that'd be great i'm i'm deciding now because so many people have requested that i record the broken thing song and i'm going back to florida in january so we'll see i might I might extend it till the new year since it's already taken longer than I'd expected and I might release it more like January mm -hmm. or or I might just do the five and, and put it out a bit sooner. But in the next couple months for sure, that'll, that'll all be out and ready. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, in closing, uh, any thoughts that come to your mind that you want to talk about? Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you know me i'm the most scatterbrained guy you should see me when I, play, <laughs> when I play a gig i can't even it's hilarious i can't keep one thing from the next um thoughts let's see uh i don't know it's just been such an adventure i guess yeah i guess one thought for me is kind of the the blend of of doing worship in a church and doing worship outside of a church and what those two look like. And I'm still trying to kind of figure this out. But I'm, for me, it's I'm a worship leader, but I feel like even the bigger call on my life is to be a bridge builder. And 
what do I mean by that? I mean, I don't want to keep my music just within the church because I know that if it's a gift God gave me, then it's going to be used to grow his kingdom. So to grow the kingdom, I got to, I got to go out into the world and, and you know, what does that look like using your, your gift of music? It, well, I, I love using these original songs as songs that I could go play and play in bars or play in clubs or wherever, you know, I, literally I, I'll go play a singer songwriter set. And then after that, like the DJ will come up and everyone's raving and it's the weirdest thing. And I walk out, but I've had moments like that where I'll walk outside and some guy will come up to me and offer me weed or drugs or something and say, no, man, I, I don't do that, but I got something better, <laughs> you know? And they're like, what do, you, what do you mean? And I remember this one guy was telling me all about how his dad had just kicked him out of the house and he'd been disowned, he's suffering this chronic illness and blah, 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 blah. And I just ended up praying with him. He's not a believer and maybe he was weirded out at first, but I could see by the end of it, he just had so much peace and he was not expect, he was looking for someone to get high with and I ended up just getting to like bless his life with, with truth or something that'll actually, you know, impact his life. And I've just come down to that. There's really no time for anything else other than truth because truth is, is all that's going to change people. It's all that's going to, and this, the spirit, the power that, that comes with the gospel that you get to carry. But I feel like that's where the adventure really comes alive for me is when I'm using my giftings outside the church as well. And, you get to see it both as like encouraging believers in the church and then like it's it's the same gift but it looks totally different when you're out in in live venues and stuff but it's just been incredible it's such a fun journey well thank you so much this has been a great interview i appreciate your time Devin. of course thank you so much man i'm i'm honored i think it's I'm probably going to look back and hate it one day. It's my first interview, I reckon, about my, my career and what I do. <laughs> but, but, we can always but, go back and edit it. Don't worry. Uh, no, no, no. It'll be fun. But thank you so much. I'm honored, Ted, that you'd have me. Thank you for listening to this Sonic Nuance Electronics podcast. Please also see our blog at sonicnuance.com, which has more articles on performance, equipment, as well as interviews. SonicNuance.com has handmade rugged direct boxes with phantom-powered chromatic tuners as well as instrument and headphone extension cables. All products are designed, tested, and made in the USA for the ultimate in fidelity and durability. Sonic Nuance Electronics. Simply sound. <laughs>